Welcome to the Bless My Bacon podcast, the world's most popular bacon-only podcast. Today, we're talking with Cam and Anna of Alleluia Acres Heritage Farm in Alabaster, Alabama. Bless my bacon. Welcome to another episode of the Bless My Bacon podcast. I'm Steve McKenzie, coming to you from Alabaster, Alabama, God's country for bacon. Today we have the privilege of talking with Cam and Anna Fry of Alleluia Acres Heritage Farm in Alabaster, Alabama. Such a cool story. They're a heritage farm, and so it's it's always been a family kind of thing. They're not a mass market kind of farm, but they their 48 acres of land has been in Anna's family since the mid-1800s, which is amazing. They've always had a rich family farming heritage, but they're the first generation to choose farming as their livelihood since Anna's great-grandparents. Had the privilege of speaking with them, talking with them, and here is that interview. Alleluia Acres Heritage Farm. Uh, tell me about your story and how it all started. We uh, started in 2014. Um, we wanted to clean up our own diets, realized how much trash is in our food system, and so we started with um, chickens and dairy goats because my main concern was milk at the time. Started that first year, we established the farm in 2014 and started with the livestock in 2015. And then we always wanted cattle, but cattle was too expensive. So next purchase was hogs. And then that kind of exploded. And God was like, ha, you just thought you wanted cows. Hog, hog farming's where it's at. That's what you're going to be doing. So um, we were eventually able to add our beef cattle and then most recently our dairy cattle as well. But um, pork is our main commodity. And then we also do chicken twice per year and then eggs seasonally as well as our goat milk and raw milk soap. What makes your particular breed of hogs so much better? So in the beginning, we wanted to go the organic route. It was just kind of when we started cleaning up our diet, realizing organic was was kind of the direction of, of clean eating, per se. But the more we looked into the feeds, we quickly realized that corn and soy is the main source of protein in all organic feeds. And that was another uh, ingredient that we were trying to get away from. So then we started really exploring, well, our there are feeds that don't have corn and soy, and that's where we kind of hit the non-GMO route. And even though, even then, trying to find a clean source of non-GMO was difficult. pretty <laughs> difficult. Yeah, it, it, you start really realizing that it's not just the ingredients in our food system that's messed up; it's the ingredients in the animals' food system that's messed up. So skip ahead all these years we we went with the non-gmo soy-free corn-free route and now here recently we've uh partnered with a farm out of reseca georgia that now as to our knowledge we are the only farm that is non-gmo soy-free corn-free but now wheat-free as well so we still try to raise as organically as possible just without the label but under the non-gmo title (laughs) so we try to do things as cleanly as possible. What kind of feedback have you received from people? We have lots of people that won't buy from the store anymore, if that tells you anything. <laughs> um, matter of fact, we delivered half and whole hog orders yesterday to our customers. And 
delivered to a customer that's been with us since the very beginning and God love her. We were, we were talking to her yesterday and she said, you know, you're the reason I had to buy a deep freeze and your hog was much bigger this round and I'm going to have to buy another one. But, but her point was it's, you know, it gets better with each round and that's our goal is to improve every time that we raise a new round of hogs to make sure that our meat is where it needs to be, not only nutritionally, but just making sure that it's clean and it's pure and that we can stand behind that label of this is the cleanest that you, you can get in our area. Because it's not only about the feed that we feed, but we try to as well work really hard with our processor for especially all of our cured meats. So there's kind of this persona around pork that pork causes high blood pressure. It's not necessarily the pork, whereas grocery store pork, if you will, it's not the cleanest pork. But if you think about it, pork is the cured meat. There's not really, you don't really cure chicken. You don't cure beef. It's not the meat. It's the process of the curing. So the artificial curing process uses pink salt or nitrates. Nitrates are what causes the bad health problems with the, with the high blood pressure and all these other issues. So our bacon, our ham, any of our cured meat is cured with sea salt. So per FDA, it's technically uncured, but it's cured with sea salt to prevent all those chemicals. We don't want to spend all the time, all the money invested in the feed and invested in trying to keep our animals clean just to process it with nitrates and then just, I mean, just throw it down the drain. (laughs) Now, what's unique about y'all is that you raise one type of pig. Tell us about that. So we are a heritage farm, meaning that everything that we raise has been around for hundreds of years. Um, Most of the breeds that we raise are even endangered. So we're twofold. We produce a product, but our goal is also to make sure that these breeds do not go completely extinct. So we raise Tamworth hogs. Tamworths um, originated in England. They are a good breed as far as meat goes because they give you nice big bacon, but they're not so super fatty that your bacon is just fat. Matter of fact, our processor told us yesterday, he was like, you have convinced me I'm raising Tamworths now because every round you bring, the bacon is beautiful. And I was like, well, the bacon's what matters. (laughs) Um, But we are the only breeder of Tamworth in the state. Um, We're one of the only ones in the Southeast as well. So Tamworths, because they're leaner, a lot of people will take those and cross those with a commercial hog, um, which is why you can't get Tamworths anymore. Pure Tamworths. Um, so we have pure Tams that we've raised since the beginning, since 2015, and uh, we provide breeders to other farms all over the southeast. We have, um, our stock is in Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana. Louisiana. We've had people come as far as Louisiana to come get stock from us, so that's pretty neat too. That is so cool. Now, I have heard about the Berkshires, uh, Hampshires, Chester Whites, uh, Duroc, but I've never heard about Tamworth before. Tell me about the Tamworth hogs. Well, that's that's how we even got on we the. Chose it. Yeah, <laughs> well, it it was a process in the beginning, especially just for all of our breeds because of wanting to raise the heritage breeds. It there's there's a long list of animals on the livestock conservancy that are under heritage breeds, but it was really like what fit us, what what breeds fit the objective that we wanted to pursue and in looking at most of the hogs that was one thing that we didn't want was a fatty hog we wanted something you know if that existed because pork is fatty naturally 
But that's why we went with the Tamworth is because they're supposed to be a lot leaner hog. And it has presented itself to be very true. So our hogs, uh, the gold weight at processing is about 250 pounds. Of course, this last time was a little bit over 300 to 400, <laughs> maybe. <What>? But <laughs> I always like to give a good reference. Um, most hogs average around 50 to sometimes 60% carcass yield. What that means is what your hog weighed on the hoof versus what your uh, percentage of meat that you actually get back. We took a, uh, we hadn't weighed this round to kind of compare those percentages again. But we try to every round just to make sure we're staying in that, that same realm that, um, that we like to shoot for. But we took a hog, it was 295 pounds live weight, and we got back 212 pounds of meat. So the Tamworths average around 70 to 75% is the highest percentage that we've gotten. So it, it, it really helps us as well because, you know, our, our price cost is a lot more than the standard farm because of not only what feed we graze, but it's also very beneficial that you get so much meat back too. There's not a lot of waste. That was another thing that our processor was telling us yesterday, which is why he was like, you know, you got me convinced that Tamworth's where I need to be because we were asking him, it, do you think the Tamworths are, are what, what we need to keep doing? Like we, we were wondering, is there a better producing meat hog? You know, you're kind of feeling because he sees and deals with everything, <laughs> a whole lot more breeds. And he actually is able to see the actual cut, the end product. And he said, no, y'all have very, very minimal waste on y'all's meat. So that's very comforting, too, to know that, you know, basically whatever gets discarded is simply what can't be eaten. How do you raise your hogs and your animals? So everybody's on pasture. We don't believe in confinement of any sort for any of our animals. Um, so everybody is free to be how God intended is the way that we usually word it. So our hogs are in, our breeder hogs are in about an acre, an acre and a half paddock. Um, we provide them with hay bales whenever they get close to farrowing because hogs will build a nest just like a bird, which is pretty cool. So they'll um, go and they'll collect hay from the hay bale, build a big nest for her to have her babies in and protect them. Um, if she doesn't have hay out there, she'll get twigs, leaves, pine straw, whatever she can scrounge up um, to make her nest. So we don't do um, confinement pens. We don't keep them in a barn. We have our barn, but it's strictly for raising chicks because they're too tiny to be outside <laughs> um, and then holding our feed. So everything is raised outdoors to where it can live its best life. And then our goal is for it to only have one bad day. You know, I've talked to people who say that hogs that are raised humanely taste better. Is that true? Absolutely. Like we, you know, your typical conventional pork that's purchased in the grocery store has been raised on a concrete slab. These guys have access to sunlight and the natural minerals through the ground every day. So lard actually used to be our number one source of vitamin D. And then once commercialization of farming took place and they moved hogs to indoors, they lost that nutritional value. So raising the way that we do, our food has a lot more nutrition to it because 
It has access to the earth, to the natural minerals, to the sunlight. Hogs can convert the sunlight into vitamin D better than any other animal, including humans. So that's why they've always been our natural source of vitamin D, and then we lost that. So that's another reason we raise the way we do is to bring that back and go back to getting our true nutrients from the things that we consume and not from a bottle of pills. <laughs> There's a saying that has really taken off in the farming community, especially in kind of what we do. You are what you eat eats. Yep. So the more vitamin deficient your animal is, yep. the more vitamin deficient you will be. The more you talk, the more I get excited about what you do. Now, your name, Hallelujah Acres, obviously, uh, it sounds like faith plays a big part in your operation. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. So when we were determining what we wanted to do with our life, matter of fact, we would always joke, he wanted nothing to do. I, let me backtrack. We have always lived on this land, this family land, and he wanted nothing to do with animals or livestock or farming or anything when we first started dating. And then one day, it, I don't know what happened, it just clicked. And he was like, hey, I think I want to do this. So Because that was the evolution <laughs> of we wanted to clean our diets right. up. And that's when it started kind of clicking of there's nobody around that does it. That does it. To the standard yeah. that we wanted it to do. Right. And so that led to the evolution Us of... Starting to plan and figure out what exactly what he wanted to do. We wanted to be different, so we determined we wanted to be a heritage farm because that was important to us, not doing commercialization. Um, but we were praying on it really hard, and we were like, God, what do we do? And so when one day we were in church service, and I don't remember what song it was, but over and over in the chorus, it was Alia, Alia. And so it finally, after church service, it's like, Alia Acres, you can't argue with me. That's the name. That's what he told me. That's what it needs to be. So that's our goal is for God has given us this land through our family. And so our goal is to worship him and, and praise him in everything that we do with the work of our hands, whether it be with milking a cow or collecting eggs or, you know, taking hogs to a processor. Whatever we do, we hope that we are just pleasing him by helping feed his people. So Anna and Cam Fry of Alleluia Acres Heritage Farm. If you want more information about them and what they have to offer, visit AlleluiaAcresHeritageFarm.com. It is now time for Bacon News. I'm Steve McKenzie. <laughs> Maple beignets have returned to Mint Julep Bar in Disneyland for the holiday season, and this year you can get them with a side of maple bacon dipping sauce. Wow, hello. Now, it's hard to improve on a classic, but uh, they did it. The beignets are light and fluffy and delicious as always, but the added wisp of maple flavor on the beignets themselves makes them that much better than the traditional ones. And, uh, you know, you add that to the more heavily flavored dipping sauce, you get a solid maple treat with a hefty side of bacon. And these beignets are amazing, and they say that they're a little bit better than the traditional version, which is saying something. Now, you can find these at Disneyland from November 11th through January 8th. Maple beignets at Disneyland. Here is uh, some very encouraging news. Kevin Bacon, or Kevy B, as his friends and family call him, is back on his feet and loving life again. Who is Kevin Bacon? It's the two-year-old pot-bellied pig. He was involved in a motor vehicle accident in the spring that left him partially paralyzed, 
but through community fundraising efforts. His owners, Carrie Rindris Frenette and Steve Frenette, got him a wheelchair this summer, and he's learned to use it quite well. So his front legs work just fine. He's got a wheelchair on the back end, and he is running around the yard. So, you know, he really brings joy to people when he goes and visits them, and they get to pet him, give him treats. He's seen around town at uh, the local businesses, so he's become kind of a folk hero. And he's also a little bit of therapy for people because he shows people that he is a fighter and that anything is possible if you just put your pork to it. Given his condition, they're kind of giving him a break from public appearances, but he is uh, really making a difference. Kevy was also involved in the America's Greatest Pet Competition. Now, he didn't win, but he fared well in the online voting and made it to the quarterfinals in his category. Other than being paralyzed in the back and hind legs, he is fit as a fiddle. And if you want to follow Kevy B's adventures, you can do so on the Chronicles of Kevin Bacon Facebook page. In other news, the Ford Wyoming Center in Casper hosted the 2022 Honest Amish National Beard and Mustache Championships. And it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with bacon, but they combined it with Casper's annual Booze and Bacon Festival, and the combination attracted hundreds of attendees. Not just because of the beard and mustaches, but because of the bacon. They also set a new world record for the world's longest beard chain. About 70 people took part with their beards clipped together, and the record was just shy of 151 feet and about 90 feet longer than the previous record. So congrats to you guys. And that's Bacon News. I'm Steve McKenzie. Bacon of the Week. Well, the Bacon Producer of the Week, this is cool. Now, I Googled this, and, uh, you know, sometimes you can find some really interesting things. And this week was no exception. If you complete a Google search for Heritage Breed Bacon Club, the first result you're going to find is Cure Cooking, an Omaha business with the tagline, Keep Food Traditions Alive. Cure Cooking, they offer a variety of heritage breed bacon, which is cool because it's it's purebred animals. So you don't have any hybrid stuff going on. You just get the pure breed, and that lends itself to some really unique flavors and unique cuts of meat. So they offer a variety of heritage breed bacon, pancetta, lard, ham, sausage, smoked ribs, bacon butter, and dill pickles. In addition, they actually offer traditional cooking classes from cheese making to fermentation to curing and smoking. So if you want to make your own bacon, you can do it and they'll show you how. So Chad Lebo is the owner of Cure Cooking. He's an Omaha business specializing in cured meats, naturally fermented pickles, and homemade cheese. Owner Chad Lebo makes his bacon with all-natural heritage breed pork from TD Niche Pork in Elk Creek, Nebraska. And uh, just as a side note, Nebraska, if you look on Google Trends, Nebraska is the most, is the state that is most interested in bacon. So why not? have a place like this in Nebraska. So on any given week, the bacon selection ranges with offerings such as garlic and tarragon, English bacon, curry bacon, sweet black pepper bacon, and more. Now, the main difference between Chad's bacon and grocery store bacon begins with the pork and its flavor. 
Heritage breed pigs are fed a natural diet without use of antibiotics. Uh, the comparison is like tomatoes, Chad says. You eat a tomato from the store, it's commercial, it's grown to survive shipping, to grow fast, not to bruise, not for flavor. You eat an heirloom tomato and the flavor is incredible. And that's what heritage breed pork is, or a heritage breed chicken for that matter. So once Chad has good pork, he keeps the flavor intact by dry curing instead of brining. Now, when you dry cure it for five to seven days like Chad does, it gives the bacon a better texture and it removes moisture from the pork. Commercial grade bacon has extra water weight from brining and injecting tenderizer, so he estimates his bacon has 25% less water than store-bought commercial bacon. It's what bacon used to be, he says, acknowledging that there are only a handful of places in Nebraska that have dry-cured heritage breed pork products, including a variety of Omaha restaurants. And what he advises is that you cook heritage breed bacon like regular bacon, just lower and slower. And really, for a lot of small batch bacon producers, that is their advice, is to just cook it low and slow. Where can you find Chad? Well, he'll be at the Gifford Park Neighborhood Market on Friday nights. And he can also be found at an outdoor stand with his bacon, dill pickles, and pulled pork as well. He started cure cooking shortly after moving to Omaha in 2013, and about half his business is teaching classes, and the other half is selling food, which is pretty darn cool. In the fall of 2014, he started the Omaha Bacon Club. You can join for three, six, or 12 months at a time and pick up one, two, or three pounds of bacon the fourth week of the month at either the Gifford Park Market on Fridays or in Fort Calhoun, Nebraska, and that's where his commercial kitchen is located. With his bacon club making it to the top of a Google search page, he also ships bacon to about 15 states. To about 15 states. Now, one of the club members, Aaron Hogg, lives... <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting name, Aaron Hogg, lives across the street from the Gifford Park Market with his girlfriend, and he's been a member of this club for about a year, and he plans up to sign again because he says it's the best meat he's had in Omaha, hands down. And the thing about Chad Lebo is that he doesn't spend a lot of money on fancy equipment. He would rather put funds into his ingredients instead. <laughs> it's funny, he says, he owns a 1989 Chevy S15 truck he bought for 500 bucks and says... He basically quadruples the value of the truck when he loads it with his bacon. His smoker, it's a large recycled filing cabinet. And whether it's a $30,000 commercial smoker or a cheap filing cabinet, Chad says his bacon would be the same quality. Good food is nothing new, and kitchens for the most part have not changed. He says good food is made by people, not stainless steel. So if you want more information on Cure Cooking and the Omaha Bacon Club, go to curecooking.com or email chad at curecook at gmail.com. Recipe of the Week. Now the recipe of the week it's, uh, it's no surprise uh, because if you go on Google Trends and if you search for bacon, you will find that people are really Googling bacon and Brussels sprouts. 
really there's rising interest in this. And I believe it because uh, since I've been in Alabama, I've had bacon and Brussels sprouts so many times and it is so good. It is so good for you. And it, it's, it's so amazing. So I wanted to uh, give you a recipe of the week. And this week it is maple bacon Brussels sprouts. And uh, here's what you'll need. You need Brussels sprouts. You need bacon seasonings and the seasonings are just salt and pepper oil maple syrup and you want to go with the real stuff you don't want to go with any of this fake uh corn syrup maple syrup so you trim the brussels sprouts cut the large ones in half transfer the sprouts to a large bowl then you toss it with the remaining ingredients arrange it in a single layer on a baking sheet and you roast it until the bacon is crispy and the sprouts are caramelized and that's it. I mean, there. if you want specific instructions, just Google maple bacon Brussels sprouts and it'll be one of the top hits on the page. But if you like healthy food, if you like Brussels sprouts, even if you've never had Brussels sprouts, try this. You will not be disappointed. And that's it for this week's episode of Bless My Bacon. Again, a special thanks to Anna and Cam Fry of Alleluia Acres Heritage Farm in Alabaster, Alabama. I'm Steve McKenzie, and if you like this podcast, please like it, tell your friends, let's celebrate bacon. Bacon's amazing, and more people need to know about bacon. And you can do your part. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, God bless you, God bless your bacon, and bless my bacon. Bless my bacon!